Welcome to the Club Club Podcast. If you're just joining us, I'm sure you're not not quite sure what this is about. And um, to be honest, I'm not sure those of us here are sure what this is about quite yet. But um, I'm James Alvarado. I'm the owner and head runner, coffee boy at Hard Audio Cables. And I am joined by three of my uh, closest acquaintances. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> you're welcome. You're very welcome. If you've emailed us at any point in recent history, you've probably talked to the first person I'm about to introduce here, and that is uh, Hannah. Hey, everyone. And then uh, we'll just jump real quick to Patrick, who is an acoustics engineer for a large company that you've probably heard of. Hello. We're not that large of a company. <laughs> Huge company. Um, Hannah and Patrick, I introduced them as a pair because they are both located in Boston. Then we also have our friend Zachary, who has had an illustrious career in the audiovisual departments of TV stations and colleges. Did I get that, that right? That's Zach? right. Also, I think if you ordered a cable from from you from like the first six months, there's like a thirty percent chance I made it. Something like that, maybe. There you go. Maybe. Slightly less than that, okay. but that is right. You helped me. Um, you helped me in the dark days, <laughs> uh, up till about two, three a.m. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was awful. It was fun. <laughs> no, I bought I a know. lot of comic books it was with rough. that money. It was tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it went to good use. So, uh, I think the idea of this podcast—I don't think I know—the idea of this podcast is that we all like talking to each other, and it's nice to have an excuse to. Uh, do that at a set time every week so we thought um we'd give ourselves an out al- an album to listen to and get together and discuss it on a regular basis and it's not necessarily going to be new albums only although this week's album is new we kind of thought it'd be great to go and revisit some albums that maybe didn't get a ton of buzz or attention when they came out in recent past and even older than that's fine too let's go listen to some big band stuff from the 30s or something i don't know Grateful Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I guess I should introduce the album, huh? Yep. This week's is Deftones' new album called Ohms. This is the ninth album in their catalog. It was produced by Terry Date. And we're going to talk about it. So, what are y'all's general feelings on this so far? Is that where you want to start? Where'd you find that producer information? Just curious. Sometimes you can't find it on Wikipedia. Usually for the big albums, you can. Well, that is on Wikipedia, okay. but because I'm a super fan, I just knew that from interviews or something. Yeah, yeah. To not to, not to spoil it, but this is kind of their big reunion with Terry Date, which is why it's kind of a big deal, I guess, if you're a Deptones fan. Yeah, yeah. People, people give them a lot of credit for how their early albums yeah. sounded. I mean, I guess I can start with the roundtable. Um, I've... Probably, other than you, James, I've listened to Deftones the most. Um, yeah, I guess we should say that, like, uh, this is not in Patrick or Hannah's wheelhouse, I think. Yeah, I had never listened to them before. Yes. I only knew a couple songs by them. I was actually, like, for half a second thought it was the same band as Depeche Mode. <laughs> That's funny you say that because their singer, Chino, mm-hmm. is a very big fan of yeah. Depeche Mode. Well, tell them I said anyway. that then. We'll, we'll run <laughs> out the chain. I'll text yeah. them tonight. 
but yeah just very generally i i really like this album uh i didn't listen to gore too much but just comparing it to, to gore like it seems a lot heavier a lot groovier um i think out of the last couple it actually is it seems to lean on the heavier side which there are times when deftones got a little too experimental and uh ambient which i like in some bands and it was kind of hit or miss for me on some other stuff but uh when they just straight up make a very raw heavy album i love it so so you're a fan i'm a fan you mentioned gore i i'd like to say too that that's probably you know this is that's the album that came out before this one for me personally, that's I have the least mileage on that Deftones album. And not just because it's the most recent prior to this, but I just really couldn't. Um, I didn't find myself returning it to it all that often. I would listen to it and I would, I guess, enjoy it when I did, but I never felt like super driven to yeah. spin it again. I think that's kind again, of what happened to me. You know? And I've, uh, I've already started this album over a few times, like within the first day of listening to it which is more than I ever did with Gore, so. Yeah, I think that this album definitely has some memorable moments that stick with you a little bit better than Gore as a whole did. So, Hannah? Yeah, so I like... I've been, I've been trying to get it out of you all week. I know, he's been asking me all week what I thought of it, but we had said we weren't going to discuss it until this moment, so. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, this band is not really in my wheelhouse um but i mean i didn't hate the album and i listened to it a lot so if you listen to something enough you're just gonna like end up starting to like it just because it's familiar to you um but i feel like with this band and i don't know that much about them but i feel like the way that i like that i can mostly sum up how I feel about it is like it feels like it aggressively was not made for me <laughs> like so i like i don't really connect to it in like in any way on any level um yeah. but i mean it's like technically good music you know and like i i don't have anything bad to say about it like who would i be to be like oh this album sucks like i mean what you just said is pretty bad <laughs> but okay no like it's just like it's not like it was not written for me <laughs> like i don't know you know what i mean like sure just like how um, there's no yogurt commercials with men eating yogurt you know i feel like i'm never targeted <laughs> in the yogurt marketing yeah maybe yeah, yeah. but you but i like yogurt. i will like some yogurt commercials well hannah tell me more about what you mean by that because it's not like i mean you like heavy music but what is it about this set yeah it's not that it's heavy i mean I didn't really think it was like all that heavy. Um, it wasn't that necessarily. It was like, I don't know, just like the tones and like, I don't know, just like, it's just not the type of music that I like connect to was at all. Was it too new um, metal for you? Is that, is that the magic word? It was, it was less new metal than I expected. Okay. Um, I think you mean like just super overdriven compressed guitars and clean clean production yeah i think the production is part of it um but i think like i don't know i didn't even pay that much attention to the lyrics but like i feel like some of the lyrics i was just kind of like okay yes i want to get into that later too yeah so patrick your turn 
I, I felt like I liked it, but I didn't love it. And it didn't really resonate with me. I didn't make a strong emotional connection to it, but there's nothing that I would necessarily pick out as like, oh, I hate hated that or anything like that. But it was uh, kind of middle of the road for me. I thought there were some cool tones and stuff, but... And again, I'm not that familiar with this band. Right. I mean, I honestly like new metal a lot. This is a new metal band that I don't know very well. For whatever reason, I just never listen to them too much. But yeah. So I guess I'll spend the next 30 minutes giving my background <laughs> and general feelings on the album. That's why we're so, all here. <laughs> I would say I'm a pretty big fan of this this band, but. You know, none of their albums would like enter my top 10 albums of all time or anything to me personally. Like, mm-hmm. I just enjoy their stuff and try to listen to it when it comes out. And I think some of the things that I enjoy most about their music is if you put their trajectory in context, like when they came out mid 90s is really when they got big. I guess they were around early 90s, but the bands that they were, that were, you would consider like their peers and stuff just haven't really hung around or stayed relevant. And this band has managed to do that mm-hmm. to a greater extent, I think. And to me, you know, maybe just because I want to make myself feel better for being, for enjoying their music. But uh, uh, I think it's just that, you know, you could always tell when you listen to them that it's not just straightforward, um, like new metal or, you know, it, it's always has a lot more um, influences and deeper styles and they're pulling from different places than other bands were and i think that's kind of allowed them to not just be a new metal band you know that being said you know that album of theirs white pony is by a lot of people considered to be one of the best if not the best new metal releases in that little genre but then you i look at that and there's like there's this album by mudvane called ld50 and that's a super super great uh new metal album but then when you look at the band Mudvayne and where <laughs> they've gone, it's like, oh, it feels more like they got lucky with that album more than they were actually like a good solid band or whatever. And then so the fact that like they've been able to put some solid releases out and stay relevant all this time, I think is pretty cool. So in, in general, I like albums that sound like nighttime music mm-hmm. and I think they do that. And I really like post metal and I think that they pull from a lot of that. Like at this point, I would just consider them a post-metal band or something. And uh, they don't quite get there, which kind of frustrates me because I feel like I wish they would. Um, For me, my favorite Deftones album is Saturday Night Wrist, which I sent you guys and begged you guys to listen to. And because I feel like that album sounds the most like that, I guess, like uh, post-metal and all that stuff. And then, you know, Chino did the side project with Isis, which makes perfect sense to me. And... uh, yeah their music also sounds sexy in a way it's just got that like nighttime city streets type of vibe like city lights at night cold weather yeah it definitely and you know it's kind of interesting this was supposed to come out in may and i've always felt like they're like a fall band because i I associate them with like driving around in high school going to football games at during the fall and they push this album back because their tour was canceled so it kind of hit at a very similar time which is interesting Mm -hmm. And, and before we get too deep into the album itself, like another, another thought I had while I was listening to this was I don't feel super strongly one way or the other on it, I guess, still after listening to it quite a bit. But I also compare it to my experience with like the new Tool record 
<laughs> and I compare that with like with what they, they put out here and I feel like it's not even close how much better this is than the whole that whole experience with that that new tool album like the tool record I felt like it was a bunch of old guys who didn't have enough self-awareness and were just trying to imitate something that they did years ago yeah whereas I feel like with this they're older now or whatever but they're still just creating something that's interesting I think the difference is like yeah you could have stuck like that. any 10 tool tracks no matter when they came out together and said hey this is the new tool album and i would have believed you <laughs> and i think with this this is definitely like 2020 deftones like it's not like they kind of evoke their earlier sound but that obviously has some influences and terry date kind of pulls in a lot of the earlier stuff but it's this is not really a record i feel like they would have made in their earlier days yeah i mean i don't know anything about the band but yeah i mean i agree with you it, it sounds like a well-conceptualized album. Like, it it doesn't sound lazy. It doesn't sound, you know, like it's right. like they did a good job. So, when I put it in that context, and I also think like at the end of the day, this is a very big band and, and it's, it's pretty much, it's a pop album. Like, it's meant to be listened to by a lot of people. It's like, it's pretty good when I, when I think of it that way, you know, like it's pretty, it's pretty cool that they were able to put an album out that sounded like this and with the amount of with the size of audience they have right like i wish it would have more parts i guess that scratch my that we're just my lowering tastes. the bar for them just, well that know. they weren't as bad as tool you know it's pretty good for a, a mass appeal album well you know context matters sometimes so where do y'all want to jump in first if we're going to deep dive into this thing I thought Terry Date being there made the it, like it comes through in the guitars. The guitars sound really good. Oh, yeah, he has a very. I, thought, uh, I don't know. Everything was very like it just kind of set where it needed to. Especially like not to get off guitars already, but at the end of the spell of mathematics, those snaps. Sounded so good. The best snaps I've ever heard. I hated that part of the album. Oh my god! I love those. Oh snaps man! Too. So yeah, I, I, I heard that. I have I that in my notes. That. <laughs> I have, I, on that song, my notes are: it's a sexy song, which is like one of the I, things I like. That was literally my least favorite, like part of the album. Oh my gosh! Okay, we can go back to guitars. It was so cringy, but anyways, the sorry. snap part is okay. But exactly, I felt kind of like what Hannah felt. So wow! Like, and then, I'm um, the only pro snaps here. My <laughs> other note was "Sacred Creek Key to Life" lyric is is whack. <laughs> I didn't like there were some lyrics on here I guess if I'm going to start griping about things um, mm-hmm. I thought there were some lyrics that were just a little rough yeah <laughs> doing tones here but we can jump to lyrics if you well, want let's just jump back to lyrics because yeah. I that's definitely the weakest point of this album to be honest to me to me in general the weakest point of the album is the vocal performance I lyrics agree really that's what kind of I think was a key for me not connecting emotionally like Mm -hmm. and even something about the way the vocals are mixed was kind of weird for me like the first song straight off the bat there's like sort of that awkward delay and it's like Mm -hmm. I don't know the vocal is very like doesn't feel like it's mixed into the song it's just like somehow like slapped on top of it or something interesting so that the first song Genesis right it has that the first words are like, uh, I reject both sides of what I've been told, yeah, right? And it's I like... I thought that was a cringe line. Yeah. 
angsty teenage me would like eat that up you know <laughs> but like you know just as an older dude i guess it's like it is a little cringy but think, that being said i i don't i'm i'm still that angsty teenage kid so i i did kind of like it like it does kind of scratch <laughs> that itch but it is still a little uh on the nose or whatever it feels a little like probably could have dug a little deeper there so know? the that scream there um like that opening scream but, is that is that a different kind of style than chino normally does is that did it feel a little weird to you no, so that that's a style that he I, like the way he screamed there is is a vocal style that I like yeah. a lot, and he also does it on that song. This link is dead. Yeah. He's just got that shriek, and that's one of my favorite vocal styles he does. Uh, there's a song, the, the lead track off of their self-titled record, like he's screaming. So he had problems in the middle of his career because he he was like a throat singer. He didn't. Right. Um, he didn't sing from his diaphragm or whatever and like screwed up his voice and uh i mean the drugs helped screw up his voice as well too but um there's a song on the lead track of their self-titled record where he's like screaming and you can hear his voice cracking while he's screaming at the top of his lungs and that's one of my favorite moments in their whole discography like just a really cool vocal thing and um so i like when he does that shrieking gotcha. like that. so i wonder if and this is kind of a quick aside but like Terry Date did a Fall of Troy album, uh, one of their last uh, ones, and their vocalist started doing that like higher pitched scream like Chino, and I I wonder if he picked it up from from Chino. I thought I always thought that was a Terry Date thing, and that that he kind of forced yeah. him to start screaming like that. But I, that that was just something I noticed. He forces him. Forces he him. held a gun to his head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. So while we're on the topic of that song, so. Their last couple records, uh, Koino Yokan and Gore. So the story of this band, they released that album Saturday Night Wrist, which I love, but I think by a lot of fans and casual fans, it's kind of lower on the list of um, in their discography. A lot of times Around the Fur or White Pony are considered like the, the best records in their catalog. Um, after Saturday Night Wrist was made, their bassist, Chi Chang, got into a car wreck and was like in a coma for almost a year or two. Hmm eventually died and then they released diamond eyes and uh in between that time you know they decided to keep going as a band and they filled in their basis they filled in the bass spot with uh, a guy named sergio vega who plays bass in a band uh called quicksand which is a really great post-hardcore band from the 90s and I thought that that was a huge factor in how good or solid of an effort there that that album Diamond Eyes was when they came back after all that turmoil. And that record was just really tight, just really concise, well written songs, and the hooks felt good, you know, and natural. And then the follow up to that Koino Yokan, I felt like they started down this path of like forcing these choruses into songs where it didn't feel like it needed a repetitive chorus to go back to all the time and they that also happens sometimes in the album gore and i felt like in this lead track that they do that like it doesn't feel like it needs a chorus and then they just go to this chorus part and he's like so singing what's supposed to be a hook but it's not that catchy and i just wish they would just leave it out or, or do mm-hmm. something different and so that had me actually worried for the album because it's like oh man they're gonna do this the whole album again <laughs> but Really, that's like one of the only instances of it in the uh, album. There's like, I think I have a note on here. Like there's one other time where they do it. But um, I 
think to me that the song, while I, I dig the singing style and part of me really wants to just love unabashedly the the first lyrics, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, the angsty lyrics, um, it may be one of the weaker songs on the album to me. What were what were what was y'all's favorite tracks? So I think my favorite track was actually the last one, just the title track, oh, like. that's the most different sounding unique yeah. sounding song yeah like I, that one i mean it was a little bit cringy but like it kind of just was fun like when it would like come <laughs> on i would just like you know be like smiling like ah yeah it's the so song. that was the the lead single for the album uh, okay, and interesting. in an interview i guess with all the press leading up to it terry date said like he thought that was a bad choice for the lead single because he didn't think it was representative of the album and i agree with I that i think yeah. error should have been the lead single because that I have that one starred as one of the songs That's I liked. That's probably one of my on favorites. It. I think that stretch of uh, like three through five, Urantia, Error, and the Spell of Mathematics are very strong. Error through and through is just really good. It's got that very groovy, uh, like constant. I like that bouncy yeah. riff. We are and then the, it, that song sounded sounded very nineties yeah. to me. That was like the most 90s For sure. song. And then that ending where they just kind of have that back and forth. And, and that song has this like middle section or whatever where it just sounds like a Tears for Fears song. Oh, yeah, like yeah. Off of songs for the, from the big chair. Mm-hmm. And I dig that. Chino is a, is a big fan of that band. I think it was Error that I just like in the middle of it, I was like... This just sounds no. I was like, <laughs> yeah. this just sounds like. I think the band is Our Lady Peace. Does that sound right? That it depends on where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> that was what it reminded me of. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite songs on the album. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohms, I thought definitely tonally it is the most unique sounding. Sounds like they, torch. they use like a, yeah, yeah, exactly right. what I had on my notes. They sound like torch or CKY, and that's mostly because they're using an octave or yeah. harmonizer on the guitars, and it just makes it. And it's in a major key. True. That first riff, which torch does a lot. And, he also um, uses an eight string. That's exactly what I thought. He said he's using a nine string that's, on this album, but that just that sounds like it was more. a gimmick. Yeah, probably. Um, a lot of goon riffs on this album. <laughs> exactly. I agree. For I agree. real. I was, I was going to make that comment at some point that it, there's a lot of riffs that sound like goon on I this. I mean, I feel like that that error riff is pretty much that. And that being said, I felt like there was times where I wanted them to groove out a riff more or explore it more and they wouldn't. And they'd go to something that seemed less interesting. And one of those moments is on, I think, the second song. Or no, it's uh, Urantia or Urantia. Like, I really like that groove. That, that riff at the beginning I wanted to like lead to like a nice simple groove yeah they down, actually they pull a little bait, bait and switch there they start you off with a heavy riff right. and then he's like just kidding uh, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna <laughs> calm down for this one we're gonna peel this one yep. back so the beginning and, of and that I guess, one sounds like a hardcore song <laughs> like, turnstile almost, right yeah right <laughs> right that's what I wanted to hear the breakdown for you know and um, that song Ceremony before that uh, I thought the like illusion hook where he's like it's and he's like I'm, I should not go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Please <for> do. <laughs> Edit it out, you know. Sing it's it. an illusion. Whatever. It's an illusion. <laughs> 
um i thought that hook was like a little goofy <laughs> it didn't it was weird and then uh i don't know it's like i, I can't decide if i really like it or not <laughs> i i felt like that was a, a lot of moments on the album for me i was like do i really like this or is it just a little too Man, corny or I'm, whatever i'm surprised it feels like i like this album more than you did oh yeah yeah I, i'm getting that impression i'm super pumped that you liked it though <laughs> because i mean I, I like the band so i'm glad you liked it in that song ceremony like after the first mini chorus or whatever there's like a, a guitar lead that comes in and i love that it's like one of my favorite parts of the album just sounds really stylish stylish just cool and then i also thought that that palm muted intro that they're doing on the guitar sounds like this mashuga song called combustion i was waiting for you to say this <laughs> i sent that to you yeah i always do that though i mean i just like wow, spoilers and then i also saw I, I also have a note that um there's like a lyric in there where he's like the world we we uh share was never there or something and i just put bad (laughs) 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 not that i could write better lyrics but you know one of the things i like about deftones is um the dude's lyrics are always pretty ambiguous which is is nice to me i think it it can be gives you more to chew on or whatever but on this i don't know it just felt like the last couple records i felt like they're, they're not that strong you know. Did they change or did you? <laughs> I think um, both. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I don't think, I kind of went back, I don't think they've ever been super deep or right. I don't think he, uh, you know, I, I also don't want to say I, I could write better, but it definitely seems like kind of the last thing that they... that the, it is the last thing yeah. he does and it's the hardest part of the record for him to do. And I'm saying that just because I've watched a bunch of interviews where the dude gotcha. said that because yeah. you know, I'm a super fan or whatever. I still haven't even said what my favorite song is. You could just say it right now instead of uh, <laughs> telling us you even said it. Are you trying to decide right now? <laughs> yeah, it's it's either that song errors, error, error. Or, this link is dead. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that song, this link is dead, was um, so I, I was with Zach. Like I thought that three, four, five, or whatever was a really mm-hmm. strong run on the album and then for that sixth song is it is it called it is i don't know and i will say that's probably lyrically the strongest song even though it's just about pompeii (laughs) (laughs) so i thought it was going to be like their obligatory slow song on the album and i was i was happy when it when it didn't become that i think the end of that song is my favorite part of the album when it's just like the like synth or like the droning thing at the end of that song for like a minute. See, you, so you one of like my earlier notes about the album in general mm-hmm. was that I'm sorry. I was just gonna that, say go you might like the last two albums because there's more of that stuff on those. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so one of my thoughts generally about the album was that, um, that you know they have this DJ in the band. Like I mean, everybody, in, like the DJ, every like new metal a lot band, of new metal yeah. bands would always have a DJ, yeah. right? And um, his name's Frank Delgado. And uh, I just felt like it seemed as though the songs where he uh, has more prominent performance or whatever were the better songs on the album or whatever. But that being said, Pompeii, I, I thought it was my least favorite song. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a rough vocal performance on that one. But 
one of my favorite riffs on the album is that Radiant City song where it starts out with the bass riff. Oh, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a gent riff. You know, you want me to do that again? No. And I Should actually I do it closer to the mic. I'm going I like that riff a lot. I thought you guys would all guess that that would be Yeah, I had that same thought listening to that the first time. Because they just like play the riff and they actually like play it into the ground, you know. They they explore it, which is what I, all I like to do. That's what I would love to do. Um, I thought also, uh, well, one of my favorite things about Deftones 2 is the drum sound, specifically the snare. I always love how, how loud or, or how much of a crack there is on that dude's snare. Yeah, that's consistent and, with Terry Date too. He's, he's always got a good drum sound on his albums. And I thought on that song, you know, it, there's this, they always, they've done this a few times uh across their discography with songs where you know the guitars start it and then uh the drums come in and just sound sick behind it there's a, there's a song off a of white pony called Fea to sierra or something like that and it's a very similar intro like technically where the guitars start it and then the drums come in with a cool groove and a really nice crack on a snare so i thought that was a really cool nod to their older stuff and it was just a cool riff, you know. So probably this link is dead or error. My favorites. Pompeii, my least favorite. Ohm's most interesting. <laughs> the just Pompeii, that, that's one of the most goon-like riffs to me, right in the middle of the when he's doing that <laughs> lyric you don't like. Dun, 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 dun. Quintessential goon. Should you say what goon is? <laughs> no. <laughs> just keep him guessing. <laughs> Google it. No one's listening anyway. You won't find uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> so, least favorite song for everybody. I want to know. I really hate to say this, but I think mine was Error. I can't remember mm. how it goes now. I just remember it being like, I have to pick a least favorite song. And then mm. that was the one that I kind of consistently was like, you don't have found to, to be the most cringy. Cringy? Why, why is it cringy? <laughs> I just want to know. I can't remember now, okay. honestly. I'd have to re-listen to it. Gotcha. That yeah. or just the snapping. In the Spell of Mathematics? Yeah, it was Where's the snapping? I, I need to go listen to this. It's at the end of the Spell of Mathematics. Yeah. I feel like now that I've brought it up, uh, I've made it a oh, thing. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I heard that. I like the snaps. I thought they sounded great. I mean, it was a, it's a good sounding snap. It but. is. <laughs> I wonder how many takes they had to do on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably a one take snap you know <laughs> uh patrick least favorite song uh i really couldn't pick one honestly none of the songs stood out That's to okay. me as overly it's okay. It's okay. worse than the others i don't know Is that- yeah i don't i can't agree with patrick i don't think any of these songs i think they all were like of a very consistent quality you know so there's nothing in here that's i would say is bad per se i probably have the highest opinion out of all of this song i agree I, I didn't think like there was nothing offensive there's this song on their koino yokan record i'm gonna look it up because i hate this song this will probably be my favorite deftone song <laughs> for some reason <laughs> it is called i think it's called graphic Nature. Oh, okay it, it was, if you're gonna say entombed i love that song so much it just does not go anywhere like is it a ballad the whole the point of the song is lost on me and it just it seems bad. Just 
Hannah, why don't you uh, introduce our final segment here where we where we sum up our al- the album? Yeah, so imagine that this band was playing in your town tonight. Would you go? And if you wouldn't, why not? If you would, what level of engagement would you participate in? So I would not go because I think that the tickets would be too expensive and they would probably play a really, really long set. <laughs> and you'd only they know would. the new they songs. Would. Yeah, so I would not go. Pat, um, they were playing at the Sinclair. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it was really expensive, I wouldn't go. If it wasn't too bad, I might go. And it, it then Deftones, I know, in the past has had pretty good openers. So, they might have an opener that I'd be interested in. So, I think there's a pretty good chance I'd be there. Um, Zach? Uh, absolutely. If they came to the town I'm living in currently, hell yes. <laughs> uh, what else is there to do? Exactly. I, I there's, there <laughs> I've got, there's cows outside right now. Uh, that's about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd probably have to drive. We have to drive about an hour and a half. I'd probably be asked to help promote it because the guy who booked him would be like, oh, I've never heard of this <laughs> yeah. band, man, but they, they seem like they asked for like, like a big guarantee. We'll promote it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. I mean, yeah, if they were playing, I've actually really wanted to see them, but this album makes me more excited that uh, whenever concerts become a thing again, I would love to see them. Uh, as far as engagement, um, I would probably. Yeah, so like, would you buy merch? Where would you be standing? Would you? I, leave early those are the questions i mean yeah they'll probably play a long set but i would be stoked because maybe they'll play something from at least diamond eyes uh probably wouldn't buy merch I, i'm already spending what probably 75 dollars <laughs> on a deftones ticket at that point yep, and i'm not yep. going alone uh and here's the thing i'm kind of reached this point where if there is an option for me to sit down at a concert, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you're going to want to sit down for this one. Yeah, it's this is going to be two hours of Deftones. So. so I've been to... Man, I forgot to silence my phone. I'm sorry. We'll have to take that out and post. I didn't hear it. Great. Um, I've been to a few Deftones concerts in my day. Uh, so knowing that it's like $30 to park, Twenty dollars park, whatever. You know, thirty dollars to get in. The shirts cost thirty dollars, so I'm definitely not buying a shirt. You know, <laughs> can't. It's not intimate, right? So you're going to be sitting up in a balcony somewhere. You don't get to like see anything really. You're not going to be in the pit. It'd be it's too expensive. It's like a hundred bucks, you know. Right. At the venues they play normally. So knowing all that, would I go? I, w- I would say, I've been, I've, I've seen them before, right? So I, I feel like. He's going to say no. If I had never seen them at this point, I would go. What if the vocal takes are better on the songs that you didn't like the vocal takes on the album? Funny thing about Deftones, notoriously bad vocals live. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I could go. But like, see, I'd much rather just go see a band where I can like be right on a stage and enjoy it. Yeah, and like talk to them. and Yeah, yeah. More intimate experience. But that's not Deftones' fault, right? No, I mean, too many people like them. We're we're all just jealous. So. <laughs> what album are we gonna do next? I don't know. I'd be down to do the Land of Talk album. That's like a really old album. All right. Sure. So the next record we're doing is Land of Talk. That album came out like ten years ago. Good. It's an EP actually. It's yeah. not even an album. It's good. And Let's do it. 
what is it? It's like cheer, boo, hiss. Applause, cheer, boo, hiss. Next week, land of talk. Applause, cheer, boo, hiss. If you'd like to send us a question or a recommendation or tell us how much we suck or ask us why we're not talking about audiophile gear, um, you can send us an email at uh, clubclub at heartaudiocables.com. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye.